0: what's up guys welcome to episode 31 of beyond the smokestacks i'm joined by my co-host davi what is good sorry about the
1: (laughs) delay there i got a phone call that kind of popped up on my screen but um i'm feeling too good about this one if i'm being honest
0: yeah i think that's that might be the collective uh collective thought process of the entire fan base at this moment. Um, It's kind of hard to have any optimism at at the current moment when it comes to this club. Um, We are currently in the midst of a four-game lose streak, all competitions, four-game losing streak, all competitions, including the U.S. Open Cup. Um, And especially the last... Two matches. I mean, not granted it was it was there was some rotation for the U.S. Open Cup, but still to come away with no goals and a loss and knocked out of a cup tournament, where the prize for the cup is a, 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 cha- a Concacaf Champions League berth. Um, and then to follow that up with a uh, impotent performance against our most hated rivals, the New Jersey Red Bulls, away. Even though it's not really an away, it's in their away stadium, but like we still had a pretty heavy presence of. N.Y.C.F.C. fans at the match, including myself, uh, and then couple that with the fact that we have struggled since inception to get results, positive results, at Orlando, who, who is our opponent on Wednesday night, uh, uh, the beginning of the midweek midweek games in MLS. We do not have a game this weekend, so this is our we have the game this tomorrow, Wednesday, or if you guys are listening, Wednesday. And then we are off for the weekend next week, and we don't have a game until the weekend after a home match against uh, Philadelphia Union, which is another formidable opponent. Um, so I mean, ha- so a lot of people in the fandom they they couple in Orlando City as as one of our main rivals to um, of our club, New York City Football Club, because of the whole uh, um, expansion expansion uh sibling rivalry type thing it's like it feels a little bit forced but i understand the concept of like we both came at the same time our very first game was against them um we we now have some more recent history with um with with uh the, the mls's back tournament as well as the uh the the um the playoff the 2020 playoffs they knocked us out That's not, the, the less talk about that the better to be honest. <laughs> So, I mean so how do you feel about about, um, about Orlando City, Mickey Mouse FC Disney World FC being classified as an as NYCFC rival?
1: First and foremost, fuck Disney, everybody knows Nickelodeon is superior. <laughs> every, every, everyone should know that. All right? So now that we got that out of the way, we could go ahead and talk about football. Um, uh, yeah, it's not, it doesn't get e- any easier for us, does it uh, especially in the next next few handful of games? uh you look at the schedule you know Orlando away you mentioned the the not not so good record um going into Orlando whether whether it be Exploria or the Citrus Bowl we just notoriously struggled over there um going down to central florida and you know philly and then cincy at home you know it's, it doesn't really get any easier for us uh despite those two being home games you know with the the way the team's playing right now i don't think anybody's going into that going into those two games with, with a very uh positive outlook or uh positive mentality. Um even even with the bye uh this weekend. If if uh Orlando as a rival, no, I could I could care less about these these guys. Um I could I could genuinely care less. I don't they're 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 not up there with uh Toronto or a Philly for me. And they, they they no nowhere near Red Bull. They don't even touch Red Bull when it comes to rivalry. Like like uh, I guess like rankings, like ranking like the rivalries and like which ones you which teams you hate the most. They 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 will never touch Red Bull like at all for me.
0: Yeah, I think right now it's healthily. I think it's. I mean, p- people last week was was a source of uh, of of arguments and debate about like the the tiers of rivalry for NYCFC. Um, so we have, obviously I'm in the camp that I, I firmly believe that the, that, uh, Red Bull, New Jersey is our primary rival, number one. Um, but some people are saying no, Philly, Agreed. Philly has taken over, but I mean, I, I think, I think that's a little bit of recency bias when, when people say that, because they're looking at the 2021 playoffs, they're looking at the 2022 playoffs, um, and then I think did we did we beat them in the 2020 playoffs on the um before we... it was
1: 2018 that's when
0: we played them and we beat them at Yankee
1: Stadium and we completely wiped the floor yeah. with them.
0: So Philly Philly was not a, a a good MLS team during the first few years of of us being in MLS. They didn't really start picking things up until like the like the 19 going into 20 season the 20 like season era
1: late eighteen, 19, that's when they really broke out
0: yeah and they started started uh, being even like a top half of the table in the east like like 15 16 17 they were at bottom of the east they were not good
1: because because when we came in they were like notoriously like down there at the bottom of the
0: east yeah so i mean it's hard it's hard to have like so we have years like since 15 we have years of rivalry games high intensity rivalry games with red bull um, but we only have like l- I can re- I can count on like one hand how many rival how many important matches and rivalry matches we played against uh, against the Philadelphia Union um, and then Orlando City I mean yeah our first game was against them and then we have a couple playoff matches against them and and also we have some U- we they also the US Open Cup in uh, 2019 I want to say
1: 2019
0: on Pens yeah um so, and like so I mean it feels that that one feels la- feels the most probably distant and fabricated of, of the rivalries. Um, I don't really they don't they don't really occupy space in my mind. I don't really think about I'm like oh how's Orlando City doing like I'm so mad that they're doing well or like like it's always it's it's Red Bulls um, and then usually after that it's it's Philadelphia and then more recently because of the Sean John thing and also because of our playoff history like Toronto um and then even maybe like more like if you want to talk about recently it's like it's like new england us knocking them off after them having a record-breaking season shield winners knocking them off in the playoffs like that probably can spur on some uh, a little bit of a, of a rivalry especially because they're regionally pretty close um but looking yeah, back yeah, Boston. Look, look, yeah look, looking back at the results so this is mls and mls playoffs only this does not include This does not include the US Open Cup, so we are we have two wins, four losses, and five draws at Orlando, and the Orlando stadiums that we've played in are the Citrus Bowl, Camping World Stadium, Orlando City Stadium, and Exploria Stadium. Those are the three Orlando stadiums that we've played at. Um, I think their most recent. It's
1: it's 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 only two. It's just. uh... Did
0: they change names? Camping World yeah, is def- Camping World is definitely its own stadium. The Citrus Bowl Camping, is definitely a different a different stadium.
1: It's can't Camping World Citrus Bowl. They call it the same thing okay. down there.
0: Are you yeah, sure? Yeah. Orlando City I, I Stadium. I guess they got
1: they probably got the sponsor like like after after the first year.
0: And then Exploria Stadium. Um it looks like attendance-wise damn, at the Citrus Bowl, they that that very first match against them away 62, 60, 62 and a half thousand people at that game that's fucking insane and then the, and then into and then the, the second match in october it was it dropped down to forty three thousand. and then in, in 16 it dropped down to 27 25 25 23 so it's been dropping ever so slightly every year then COVID happened and there was nobody in 2020 2020 20, 2021 with a limited Remember, because in 2021 they, they had limited uh limited availability at the
1: start at the start, yeah,
0: yeah. So they had that was in May. So they only had eleven and a half thousand. So I mean, I'm fully expecting to potentially see like a twenty 000, twenty plus thousand, uh, fans at at this uh, at this game. I know?
1: don't, I don't, I don't think so. I, I, there's It's been documented that uh, the attendance on in Orlando is deteriorating over the years. They don't really have the. They don't really have like that new like new expansion team like sent or like new stadium like. It's kind of like wearing off. That stadium's been open for about five, five years, six, five, well, six look, years now at this point. Orla-
0: Orlando has has subscribed to the uh, ideology of let's sign a big name who's aging, and that can, that may that may be kind of artificially boosts attendance because people want to come mm-hmm. watch them play. It, it did
1: have it did have Kaká and Nani. They
0: had Kaká and then followed by Nani. Um, so. Like those, like those are like if you know anything about world football, especially during like at the like within the past ten years, you know who Kaká and Nani are. And then you play for, for the Portuguese national team. Kaká played for Brazil, so like that's a reason to Orlando or winner as well. That's a that's a reason to go out and watch it, watch it, watch an Orlando City football matches because you want to watch a World Cup winner and a guy who played with Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, but now they both they, of them they, actually played they with Ronaldo. Yeah, they, they don't really have um, they don't really have that star power there anymore. Um,
1: so, they're going down the South American route where they're signing players like Facundo Torres, who's a Uruguayan international. Yeah.
0: So I mean, I still think they had eleven thousand when it was limited. So I, I I can definitely see them hitting twenty thousand this match, for, uh, in the, especially if the weather's nice, if it's not raining. Um, I can see them hitting twenty thousand, but we I mean, we just really struggle to get results. I mean, if, if you look at our, if you look at our last uh, couple trips, so uh, our last trip to uh, to Orlando was in um, August of twenty two. We lost two to one. Uh, with Chris Penso as the re- referee, um, 2021 draw 1-1. 2020 we went down there twice, once for the pl- uh, once for the playoffs and once for the regular season. Both 1-1 draws, but obviously the, in the first round of the playoffs we got knocked out um, on penalty kick six to five. Um, so before the loss in 2022 we went down there one two three four four times in a row. We went down there and had 3-1-1 one, one draws and a 2-2 two, two draw. So we have not won in Orlando since July of 2018. And actually, both times we've won in Orlando, we've had we've kept clean sheets. 2-0 victory in 18, 3-0 victory in 17. Um, in 17, we had David Villa with a penalty kick in the 14th minute, and he scored in the 82nd. And we had Rodney Wallace, Mr. Defend from the Front, score in the 35th minute of that match. Uh, july of 18 we won 2-0 we had max uh, maxi's score in the 40th and anton Tinnerholm score at 45 plus one um so a theme i'm seeing in here is we are able to get first half goals against them when we when we, when we were successful minus uh, via's 82nd um, minute goal in the first in the in the 17 meeting but we just i mean we really struggled to get uh, results down there um and it's just that coupled with our current road form it, it kind of seems like a recipe for disaster um
1: same same thing happened last august just look what happened
0: yeah i mean i'm i'm not like overly confident the only the only thing that i'm is that or, orlando is at a very very similar part of the table as we are um they are they actually just they're just under us they're just under us yeah so Overall all-time series, um, Orlando has seven wins. We have eight wins, and there's six draws. So when you look at that, it looks like it's split, right? It looks like it's even. But when you when you do the research, you see that we tend to get the results at home, and they tend to get their results at home. So it's like we're winning at home, we're losing away. They're winning at home and losing away. Um, so when you, if you look at that as a trend, it's gonna it's gonna show you that we're pro- <laughs> we're probably not gonna get a result away in Orlando because we haven't gotten one since 2017. Um, or 2018 rather uh they, they
1: always just get a stroke of luck like towards the end of the game that gets them a draw or gets them the win they oh, no it, it just pisses me off can
0: you can you take a guess as to who the leading goal scorer is in this in this uh this uh this this uh series between Orlando City Kyle and LAFC that'll be Kyle Laren, Kyle Lahren has <laughs> 9 goals in 8 matches Nine goals in eight matches. I feel like NYCFC single-handedly springboarded this dude to a European move. Nine goals in eight matches. Like, that's... I think he scored more goals than fucking Villa. In we, this. Just,
1: we just let players like fucking... Villa only has six. Pozuel- we just let players like Pozuelo, fucking... Zellerion, um, uh, like Laren... Who do you think has the second all, most... All, the, all of these guys. All these guys. Whenever, the, we, whenever we play them, no matter where it is, they go, like, oh, okay, NYCFC, I'm going gonna- to... They just they just get like it's like that card in FIFA, they just get like a nine they just get ninety nine everything and they're just unstoppable in the day. Like we just can't stop them. There's no fucking like answer for them. Like they just become
0: like prime twenty twelve Messi, and they just like well, destroy us. Speaking to that, who do you think has the second most goals in the series? Think think back to someone who's a thorn in our ass who who used to play for Orlando. Eshuac and Dele. No. He's fourth.
1: Fourth?
0: We've, I'll give you another hint. We've seen him so far this season for a different team. Uh, I'll give you another hint. It was Chicago. He plays for Chicago now. Chicago. He plays for Chicago. He's a thorn in our ass. Oh, Chris, Mueller. Yes. Chris Mueller. Chris
1: Mueller. That's Chris it Mueller
0: is. with four goals in nine games. Thorn in our ass. He always seems to score against us. Pisses me off beyond belief. Well, not at Chicago. <laughs> Dom Dwyer has the most assists in the series for Orlando City with two assists. Everyone else is just 1-1-1-1-1-1, one, 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 But Dom Dwyer has two. No goals, but two assists in the series. Uh, who's played in the most minutes in the series? Uh, Joe Bednick. I don't think he's there anymore. I think he's on. Is he on? Tour? No. Will Johnson. Like, no way. He's replaced yeah, none, the none of these guys. So. None of these guys are here anymore. I mean, they've had. I feel like they, they've had a, a big overturn. rate. Is Junior Urso still there?
1: I think he's gone. I think he left this year. I think he went back to Brazil.
0: Yeah, you're right. He did. You you're on you're on top of it, man. He, he did go back to Brazil. Yeah, he
1: said he was homesick, and then he uh, just went back to Brazil. Just wasn't feeling Orlando anymore.
0: All right, let's look at the N- NYCFC players and and see who leads the series. C- okay, so we said Davaia has six goals. Who who do you think has? Ooh, five goals. Max
1: Morales. Yeah, Max Morales. Five goals, four
0: five goals, four assists against against uh, against Orlando City in the series and with 1,100 one, one, 1, minutes in 12 matches 5 goals, 4 assists this dude this dude balled out against against Orlando City who do you think was third? I think, I don't th- I think I'll have a hard time getting this one who do, you think, who do you think was third with 4 goals, 0 assists against Orlando City? 4 goals, 0 assists he's not on the team anymore he's not on the team anymore okay
1: he's out to Jerry shot
0: yep so Ismail Tashari Shradi scored four goals in 424 minutes. That's almost like. It's a goal like
1: every 100 minutes.
0: Yeah. It's like. Damn near. Yeah. And then we have just a bunch of you guys with two goals and one goal. It, let's see. Is there anybody on the current roster who, who has a goal against Orlando City? Keaton Parks. Jeez, man, you're good. Keaton Parks has a goal against Orlando City.
1: Chanel? Scoring in the playoffs.
0: Chanel does have a goal against Orlando City, man. He, <laughs> who the fuck needs FB ref when you have Davi? <laughs> um,
1: let's see. Let's see. Talos Magno, he scored He scored one last yeah, season.
0: Ta- no, Ta- Talos has a goal and an assist against, against Orlando City.
1: Oh, yeah. That, that's right. He did, yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. So, so
0: this player, most random player ever, has a goal against Orlando City in one match played. He played the full 90 and he scored against Orlando City. Who do you think it was?
1: Rodney Wallace.
0: Rodney Wallace actually Did I get it? he has a goal. Yes. He has a goal against Orlando City, but he's not the most random one that I'm thinking of and I'm looking at right now. There's actually two there's actually two pretty random, actually three random people that have goals against Orlando City. Actually four. Collier. No, there's four people. Kaye is one of them. Kaye has a <laughs> random goal against Orlando City. Name the next three. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. I'll give you a hint. Uh, two of them are defenders Steve and one Steve of them is a striker. Steven Mendoza has Mendoza. a goal against Orlando City. Now the next two are defenders. Random ass defenders next who have goals.
1: Defenders. Uh Tinderholm. I know Tinderholm's one of them.
0: He, he has a goal and assist, but he's not random. We know that Tinnerholm scores it's, bangers.
1: Ah, uh, okay, okay. Uh Frederick
0: Yes, Briant has a goal against Orlando City. Who is the last most random fucking defender for NYCFC that you think would have scored a goal in MLS play against Orlando City? If I give you this hint, you're going to know the answer.
1: Immediately. Don't, don't tell me, don't tell me, don't tell me, don't tell me, don't tell me. Um, was he a center back? Yes.
0: Oh, oh, I know. Cirillo, <laughs> <Yeah>. Kwame <laughs> Watson, Cerebo has a goal against Orlando City. One match played, played for ninety minutes, and he scored a goal. Kwame Watson, Cirillo. How many games? I'm just,
1: you- I'm just naming
0: like, and this is like all like an NYCFC history book right here. I should just like, I should just, I should just publish one right now. Dude only played in eleven matches for NYCFC. He only started seven matches, and he and he had one, and that was his only goal for the club was against Orlando City. He scored one we goal. Still lost that game. He scored <laughs> one goal in his career, and it was against Orlando City. His I've,
1: only I've, I, follow,
0: I follow him on, uh, on, on Instagram. Uh, he this his only career goal? No, for NYCFC. His only career goal oh, for okay. NYCFC. Oh, okay. I think I meant, like, like oh, his whole career. Right. We've had three goalkeepers play against uh, Orlando City before. They are Sean Johnson, Josh Sounders, and Luis Barasa. Um Sean John had a 68.2% save percentage against Orlando. Josh Saunders had 583 and Luis Barraza has a 100% save percentage and has one clean sheet in one match against Orlando City. That perks my ears up a little bit that he has a clean sheet against them because he has yet. Uh, does, does he have a clean sheet yet this season? I don't. I do not. Only, does he? Only one. Only one. And when was it? Was that home?
1: Miami. My, at home. Yeah, Miami home was his it.
0: only clean sheet. So he has a clean sheet against Orlando. Um, so that is good. Um, so another good thing is, is that no NYCFC player has ever gotten a red card in a MLS match against Orlando city, which is good because every, every other time I do this research, there's a, there's a bunch of freaking red cards. Uh, Meanwhile, Orlando City has gotten three red cards MLS play in this um in this series. Shane O'Neill has a red card and that was actually that was in the, uh, he got a red card in the 2-0 victory back in 18. Aure, Aurelian Collin, if you recognize that name from the 2021 MLS Cup playoffs, he was one of the players that was deemed not good enough or, or uh, substitute players that Philadelphia had to field a team with during the COVID cup, um, covert. Frozen
1: group. out of that team completely.
0: Yeah. Um, so he has a red card while playing for um, Orlando city against NYCFC and the other, and, and then the other player is Ruan, who we actually have seen so far this season play for DC United. He has a red card um, in this series and he no longer plays for them. Um, and we have, oh my God, we have faced, we have faced seven different keepers for Orlando City.
1: Joe Bednick, it just, it just it just tells you how much in disarray they were like their first like few years.
0: Yeah, Joe Bednick, Pedro Galese, Brian Rowe, Tally Hall, Earl Edwards Jr., Donovan Ricketts, and Josh Ford. Those are the those are the keepers that we've played that we've faced for Orlando City versus NYCFC. Uh, The only ones who have clean sheets are Joe Bednick. Um, uh, Pedro Galese is their current keeper, right? Yeah. Um, Peruvian
1: national team. Peruvian national team. He's
0: played in six matches. Um, He has a 73.7 save percentage, no clean sheets, uh, 11 goals against in six matches. So we've proven we can score against Pedro Galese. We've scored 11 goals in only six matches. So that's, that's a little bit higher than than a goal a game, it's actually almost two goals a game. Um, so I mean, there's no, no no doubt that when we score on him, we can score on him. But the question remains: Can we get a result away from home? What are you th- What are you thinking for this match? Do you, uh, first of all, like uh, let's go. I know that obviously we're still dealing with the. Uh, how do you th- we're dealing with the. Uh, after fat aftermath of losing the Derby, All right, that, that that's a big energy drainer and a big source of malcontent with the with the fan base that we that we went out and lost this fan uh, went out and lost this rivalry, the Hunter River Derby. Um. But the another source of 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 us questioning Nick Cushing's um, aptitude as a manager is his ability to select a a starting eleven that can go out and win games and not only that but also his substitution patterns have been called into question especially in the hudson river derby where he doesn't sub anybody on until the 89th minute and then that player he decides to sub on is none other than andres jason mister all i can do is get fouled
1: oh my dude this this man (laughs) I, i i shit you not like if you you put a mcdonald's menu in front of him he'll probably stand there for 89 minutes (laughs) <laughs> and, and then it's just as soon as the mcdonald's is about to close he's like i'll take i'll just take a cheeseburger <laughs> just one cheeseburger like the like the tiny cheeseburger like like not even a meal just a one dollar cheeseburger he's like yeah just give me the cheeseburger i'll be fine <laughs> and then oh man it's just piss poor like it, 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 and considering like red bull made i think they used all their subs if i'm not mistaken if not like almost all of them we got five subs nowadays like I know. Like, like... You, like you can, you can make some horrific subs, but you, all you need is that that one good sub, and like that kind of like just like papers the cracks over the bad subs. Unlike back in the day when you used to have three, like you need you need to be wise with the subs back in the day when mm-hmm. you only had three windows. Um, but now you you know like you have five subs now, so you so you got that leeway of like making a mistake, and uh, you know just one sub just changes the whole game and. They 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 use their subs well. I mean, Corey Burke nearly killed, nearly put the bow on, on on the on a very ugly present uh, on Saturday. It, it's and he's come off the bench uh, two times last year for Philly, and he scored both, and he scored them both times off the bench. So Corey Burke is another one of those bastards that just love to show up against us, and then just you know just completely fall off a cliff for the for the rest of the season until we play him again. Um yeah, poor poor subbing from Cushing. it's um I mean it tells the guys that I don't trust you guys. I mean, I would have much rather seen Pellegrini get fifteen minutes at least than having to see Andres Jason for essentially what was just nine minutes of stoppage time. I would have would have liked to see Pellegrini get at least get fifteen. I mean yeah, he's been shit for us. I mean he does he does have moments where he does really well and you know, he has been unlucky. in a few moments not to have a gold contribution under his name, but I mean, hell, just give the guy, give the guy some burn. I know, give him, I give him shit on here and on Twitter uh, for not being good enough, but you know, gotta, gotta roll the dice at some point. You know, you never know. He might, he might just come out and find himself free at the far post. And perhaps saves us a point. Um, it's very poor, uh, disappointing, disappointing, especially because if I'm being honest, my honest uh, analysis of the game i think both teams were quite shit i don't think either team deserved to win i think i think a fair result would have been a 0-0 or a 1-1 i think that would have been a fair result but
0: if that game uh, ed- if that came ended 0-0 we, we we wouldn't we still wouldn't be happy i mean i, I think no, we, we we, we, be happy, we'd be but it's almost much we'd be almost as mad as we were with a 1-0 loss with a 0-0 draw because that just like there's no way that we should be coming out with a loss or a 0-0 draw with the talent that we have at our disposal versus what Red Bull had at their disposal.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. But I mean, are you are you, are you like with the current run of form? You're gonna say no to a nil nil draw? I mean, we haven't tasted I mean, yeah a point. In about would, a, month. a point
0: would be nice, but like it wouldn't. The, ha, getting a nil nil draw would have done nothing for my confidence heading into this game or heading into any away game for the like for the immediate near future. Like not like not conceding that fluky little deflection. It wasn't even really fluky. It was a nice strike. It deflected, but it's not, it was from far enough away that even after the deflection, Barraza should have been able to reposition and make the save. He was in poor position when the ball was struck, and that's why the ball ended up in the back of the net. I guarantee you, if um if if Matt Freese is in net, Matt Freese has a longer frame. All right, and, and even if he was in the same position, the, the same poor position when the ball was struck. Matt Freese's longer frame is able to get a touch on that ball. Barraza is a short, slight keeper. And it's hindering him from making saves that he needs to make because he's just not long enough. Um, now, I know people are going to come back and counter, counterpoint me and say, well, fucking uh, um, uh, Nick Romando was short and he was a fantastic keeper. Yeah, it's like he's a different— like, Nick Romando was actually like really athletic. Like he like he could he, he was able to jump and, and explode laterally like he was a good keeper an elite level elite MLS level keeper Barraza right now is is a below average MLS keeper he, he he makes the saves that are supposed to be routine incredibly difficult and not only does he make them look incredibly difficult he more often than not puts the ball back into play in a dangerous position that makes him have to make another save he's making more work for himself. Does that like like he's making it harder rather than making it easier? Good keepers make everything look easy. Barraza makes everything look extremely difficult, which is frustrating as a fan, but also as a coach who coaches goalkeepers. I'm watching. I'm like, why is he fucking batting that ball like a volleyball back into play? Or why is remember, he, pa- he why then- is he parrying that ball into a dangerous area rather than hitting it out for a corner kick? Why is he unnecessarily batting the ball over the bar for a corner kick when he could have just fucking got it? Like it's it's the little things.
1: I remember one uh one one sequence during that Red Bull game where, uh I think it was Thiago Martins he passed it back to him and he kind of just played a dangerous ball like on the ground and there was like three Red Bull players like 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 within I'd say twenty five to thirty yards within the goal within striking distance and like the goal was wide open we were, we were lucky that uh, an NYCFC player was there to recover it uh, cause cause if it fell to a Red Bull player they could just one time strike it into the into the net and there'd be no contest like that that would be down that fall on Barraza um, do you believe Barraza is two? because that's that's what he measures that's like his official height uh,
0: I mean I, I've I've literally stood next to him I mean like may, maybe but like you ha- so whatever they have listed like in all professional sports all college sports the, those everybody's listed height and weight is not correct they artificially increase decrease to suit whatever narrative like it's not like Basketball players like ra- like they, they they don't like the way things look. So like rather than me li- rather than being listed at six ten or six eleven, they'd rather be listed at seven foot. Same thing with like with a quarterback. If if a quarterback is actually five ten five nine, they want they, they bump it up the six foot six foot one because it looks better. Um. So like I wouldn't doubt wouldn't doubt that like whatever 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 source you're looking at, whether it's MLS soccer or or, or whatever, I'm I'm sure that it's he's not like a true six two. He's probably closer to maybe like six foot even. As
1: I I just searched up and Matt Freeze is six foot three.
0: Yeah, but Matt, but you look at so like that's the other thing is that like you could look like there's different like if you if you had two people who are six three next to each other, one might look taller than the other even though they are the same height because of like the size of their torso and the size of their limbs. Like so, you could be like a tall or like if you have a if you have a tiny torso, you might look shorter but but you might have longer legs but you could have shorter legs and a longer torso it it matters what the proportion is to like how tall you're like gonna visually look um did not know that but like (laughs) but like if you look like if i look at matt freese and i look at luis barraza matt freese looks more imposing he looks longer than luis barraza luis Barraza looks a little more a little bit slighter and you know what the most glaring proof of that is do you remember in the U.S. Open Cup game when 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 uh, when um, when Freese was in goal and he got caught off the goal line pretty far and they tried to chip him?
1: No, I, I uh, Did, was you, it first half or second half? I don't
0: remember. Did you watch the Open Cup game?
1: Not really. No, I, I yeah. watched probably like fifteen minutes. There was there was I'm afraid I, like, I if it was the first or time. second
0: half, but some so, uh, something happened and, and Freese was off his line. And we turned the ball over and and somebody had to go from like, it was like a goal from like almost half like midfield, maybe a little bit inside of our own uh, attacking end, but it was from very far away. Like almost like a very similar to shades of like David Villa with Andre Blake back in the day. Mm-hmm. So someone had to go on, 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 uh, on, on, uh, on freeze, but he, he had the he had the speed to get back, but also just his length. He was able to just stick his hands up and kind of catch the ball. He didn't have to like parry it, box it or do anything like that. He was just able to catch it because he's so tall and long. He just kind of, plucked it out of the air. Um, and that's an instance where, like, I don't think braz is able to do that. Um, I, don't, I don't think he's able to just reach up and grab a ball. I think he's going to have to, like, bat it down and then catch it or something like that.
1: Um, yeah, just, just looking at pictures of Matt Freeze, yeah, he, yeah, he definitely has, like, a longer, like, wingspan yeah. reach than Barraza.
0: Um, I mean, part of me really wants to see Freeze get a chance during MLS play, but... My gut is just telling me that like until out Barraza until, until Barraza like egregiously fucks up, like get gets or gets, gets injured. Gets dunked on three goals or something like that. Gets injured, which he's shown he has the propensity to because he's earlier in the season he was like a man made of glass when he was like no one was near him and he wasn't doing anything and all of a sudden he got like he picked up a knock, like his hip or, so, or his groin or something. Um, so he's shown the propensity to pick up these little knocks, but he hasn't, I mean, come, t- he t- hasn't t- He did play through the pain. Yes. He ha, but the, the re- he hasn't come out of the game because he knows the moment that he comes out of a game, he's going to relinquish Fucked. an opportunity to freeze, to steal his position. So he's not coming out of a game unless he physically is incapable of continuing. He'll be out there limping and hobbling, but he's not coming out unless he absolutely cannot like move, walk, kick, um, a ball. So, I think, I think this is a good time to uh, to kind of springboard this into, uh, like, do, do you have a predicted lineup for uh, how you think we're going to line up against um, Orlando City uh, on Wednesday night? I,
1: I feel like it's going to be rotated. I, I don't know why. I just feel like he's going to rotate again. Well, what formation do you think we're going to rock? I want to say three back, but he's probably going to go four back. I, I, I would go three back. I, I I'd go with, uh, from what I heard, Alfaro played well, so why not give him a sh- why not give him a shot? I mean, it's low risk, high reward at this point. We have a buy, we have the bye week on on Saturday, so what? Why not? Why not just try him out there? Um, say, ch- I mean, Chanel and Martins, they got to play as well, so I'll, I'll go with the back three. Uh, left left mid, let's go with Kufre. then. Center center mid. It's probably I think we'll go rich. I think we'll go Richie and Parks. Uh even though I'd like to see someone else come in there, but we don't really have the depth like that. Um he's could probably go Rich Richie and Parks and then right mid, go go Micha. Go Micha. That was that was a big mistake. I mean if you want if you wanted to start O'Toole against Red Bull, fine. I mean he he was really like one, one of the only ones that kinda wanted to get an attack going on Saturday. So if you want to start like so if he wanted to start O'Toole against Red Bull that's fine but starting Gray over Micha was a big mistake. I think he should have or or, or at least given Micha at least 30 35 minutes. That was a big mistake on his part. Um so I'll go Micha at right mid. Uh, didn't play the Red Bull game at all for some reason. So when I gave him the full 90 against Orlando and then uh what I do I'd go I'd go Santi on the left. Gave Segal at Striker and Gabi Pereira right mid, so I'll 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 drop Talos Magno. Like if that if that was me, I, that's what I would go with. I would I would drop Talos Magno.
0: Alright. Um Oh shit. I was just looking. Uh Jal Martinho uh went back to uh he went to Italy. From remember that uh, John Gia the guy who plays uh I think he plays center he played center mid? defense for uh, Orlando City he went to uh, spezia in Syria anyway um, Get Riley. anyway so I I think that we're gonna rock with the three in the back um, just because against Red Bull although the uh, I think I think the uh, formation that like all the like apps and stuff put out was that they, they think we played like a three like a three four three um,
1: against Red Bull right
0: against Red Bull but,
1: yeah, um, that, that's 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 what I initially thought. I thought it was a three back. Well,
0: because Sands was dropping so deep, Sands was like almost playing like a left, like a left center back type position. Yeah. Um, but here's so I think we're gonna go three in the back. I think obviously I think Baraz is gonna, gonna get the start because unless until he does something that really draws the um, ire of of Nick Cushing, I think he's gonna stick with him. Um. I was pleasantly surprised and impressed by Alfaro's uh play against um against fc cincy in the open cup game i thought he held his own he played simple um he wasn't it was a player where he didn't wow you but you you almost didn't know he you you didn't even realize he was there he didn't make any any mistakes that cost us he didn't make any like really poor passes he was just there which is i mean i mean our expectations are probably a little bit too high because of uh, coming off of someone like Alexander Keyens being our staple of our left, our, our left back for so many years. We're very, like, spoiled, and our expectations are probably too high for um, his, his, uh, his successor at the position. But I do think that Alfaro could, could come in and, and be serviceable at, at, at the left center back position. In the interim, until before until July fifth, when the transfer window opens, and then maybe we can bring in, and then Alfaro can become the left center back depth, and we can have someone who's more starting starting quality MLS wise. But I have Alfaro at the left center mid or left center back. Sorry, fuck, left center mid. Imagine Alfaro playing left center mid. Left center back, Alfaro. I have Chanot playing in the middle of a back three. I have Thiago Martins playing on the right of a back three. I have Koufrey playing left wing back. Elenic playing right wing back. I have Sands and Parks playing the 6-8 in the middle, followed by Santiago Rodriguez at left wing. Santi at left wing, with Talis Magno at the 9, and Gabriel Pereira at right wing, which means we would move Richie Ledesma to the bench. I mean, he did have a poor outing against Red Bull. He did not play well, but... The biggest problem with what we played at Red Bull was is that we were lacking difference makers to come on after 60 minutes, which is why Cushing didn't make a sub until 89, because he, took, he turned and looked on the bench and saw that he didn't have anybody that he perceives as, as a difference maker. Now, later on in the podcast, we are going to discuss... A piece of information that dropped and became available today by the MLS Players Association, which would be the 2023 MLS compensation for all MLS players in in the league. So we have a spreadsheet of how much compensation every player in MLS, including New York City Football Club, but also, this is a little preview, including none other than Sean Johnson's contract with Toronto FC we'll talk about that in a little bit but the reason why i had this lineup santi is not santi's he's he's lost the juice at the 9 whatever whatever home home cooking juice he had when we were playing at home playing as a false 9 it's gone away all right it, it, the wells run dry and when the wells run dry you don't beat a dead horse you fucking make alterations and you pivot and you change course and you change tactics it's not working anymore let's do something different what haven't we done this season yet we haven't played Santi at left wing. Where did Santi play in 2021? He played left wing. He started at left wing for the MLS Cup. Yeah, he played left wing. And he did, I mean, and I think he did pretty well there. So why not fucking put him back there, Nick? Okay, so let's put Santi at left wing. Gabriel Pereira's been doing pretty well at right wing. He almost had, I mean, I, I hate almost, but he had a very nice attempt against Red Bull, just dinked off the off the post. He scored three goals this season, I, I believe, with his uh, touched by God left, left foot, curling it to the back post, Except for the one he kind of hit, the, he hit near post he tripped the keeper, um, so let's keep him there. And then Santi has not been doing well at the nine. Gabe Segal has been pedestrian at the nine, um, and and can't even get substituted on in a, in a rivalry game at his true position of the nine. And then can't even get burn on NYCFC two. I went to the derby match on Sunday. He, can't, he He was in the stands. Him and O'Toole were there watching the game. I was like, why? I was like, why is Seagal not suited up and playing? Especially since at the derby, Elias Manuel started for NY for Red Bull two, and scored the penalty kick. This is a guy that's like I think he's on a big contract with with uh, with with the Red Bulls, and he's down playing with fucking Red Bull two, but we can't play Seagal. In Red Bull 2. And he's a, he's a tweener anyway. So that pissed me off seeing him in the stands instead of on the sideline. Um, but yeah. So Segal's not the answer. Santi's not the answer. Ledesma, I guess, was playing the 9 against the Red Bulls a little bit. He's not the answer. So let's circle back to Talas. I mean, because he's not doing shit on left wing. He, all he's doing on left wing is dribbling too much and losing the ball. Alright. So at least let's put Santi out there where maybe he can cook out in the left wing and do some inverted shit. And Talas at the 9. Gabi on the right wing. Have Sands and Parks run that midfield. If one of them gets tired, you can always sub on Ledesma. If Talas is just being an enigma, you can sub him off, move Santi over, and then put Ledesma at left wing. Um, you have you have options. There's more tactical flexibility if, if you have someone on the bench who you know is a difference maker. Also, we're going to talk about salaries soon, but we'll talk about the numbers soon, but Matias Pellegrini is absolutely fleecing the fuck out of David Lee. He is on almost, I I think it's almost, it's like a a little over a million dollars compensation for this season, and he can't even get a substitute appearance in a Hudson River Derby. Not only that, but we are paying Tiago Martins over two million dollars. Granted, he's his his form has improved over the over the year that he's been here, but why the fuck are we paying a center back two million dollars when we can't fucking score because we're not paying a nine anything? Th- gross mismanagement, like it, how people have their jobs still is beyond me. Like David Lee, what the fuck are you doing, bro? $2 million, and he's he got a pay bump. Last season, he was on like 1.8 or 1.9. Now he's over two. Like, what the fuck? He's not like, he's not even as good as Alexander Collins, and Collins wasn't getting paid any more than 800000 875000 his final year with us. And Alex Collins is head, shoulders, another set of head and shoulders, and another set of head and shoulders above Tiago Martins. Like, he's that much better than Tiago Martins. Tiago Martins is the the equivalent of a defensive pace merchant. His most redeeming quality is that he can run really fast in a straight line. Alexander Collins was able to essentially serve as like a center attacking left back because he was able to carry the ball not in the defensive third to the defensive third. He would carry the ball from the defensive third into the middle third and from the middle third into the attacking third. And he p- p- carried the ball almost into the fucking semicircle at the top of the 18 yard box. That's how much Alex Collins was doing for us. People are going to come back and, and respond to this saying, oh, Ta- Talos Magno has the most advanced carries of any defender in, in, in MLS in 2023. Yeah. All of his carries are from the defensive third to like 10 yards further in the defensive third. That's where all of his carries are. He doesn't really carry the ball into the middle third and then he, and then he's never in the middle third to bring the ball into the attacking third. He's not an offensive-minded center back. He's a really fast center back who can hawk down a striker who got played a long ball in and and and, and then and then kill out an attack, which I'm eternally grateful for. But I'm not willing to it spend on recoveries. I'm not willing to but, yeah, but I, I'm not willing to spend over two million dollars on recovery speed. That's ridiculous. That's something you would do in fi- in FIFA Ultimate Team, b- buy the best fucking card for, of a center back who has the most pace because of the sweaty fucking FIFA players. That doesn't that doesn't have real world application. Where huh? Let me just overpay for a, a center back who's really fast. He has no goals. Really? Alexander Collins. Alexander Collins was almost was not he almost our leading goal scorer last year with with, with with at the clip that he was banging in goals on set pieces and shit.
1: I think he scored like. It's like three three games running, yeah. Towards the end,
0: Ali, uh, fucking Tiago Martinez hasn't doesn't have a. I don't does does he have a goal too? Is that ML, I mean, not pre, besides preseason, does he have he has a goal? two Own
1: goals. He has, he has two, two own, own goals. goals.
0: So, so not, not not only that, but he's shown a propensity for putting the ball into our own fucking net and not into the network to act, actively trying to score on. So he has two goals, own goals in his NYCFC career. That's a million dollars per own goal. It's
1: negative two goals. We are
0: paying that. Own. We are paying that man a million dollars per own goal. Think about that. Rationalize that. Put that in your fucking pipe and smoke it. A million dollars per own goal. Ridiculous. Ridiculous salary. He is not worth the money we are paying him. We can find someone who does exactly what he does for a fuck less money. It's ridiculous. All right. So transitioning from there.
1: Got negative two goals, if you will. Negative
0: two goals. (laughs) Ne- negative two goals, then, and, and then if if you also want to, uh, so uh, he was also directly at fault for one. I think it was one of the goals against Charlotte when uh, Mackenzie Gaines, um, drove down the right flank and crossed the ball into. He crossed the ball. Enzo Capetti. Into, into Capetti. Yeah, that was that was a play where where Thiago Martins was tracking back, and I guess running towards. Gains, and then the ball just very simply got paid. Uh, square ball played across the top yeah, of the six-yard simple
1: box. Simple tap it from and ta- five and it in from five yards out. Um, and tapped
0: it from five yards out. And Tiago Martins is in no man's land and gets just diced up. Um, David Lee, that's one of the players you missed on. Yeah. I mean, granted, so, I mean, uh, he has, uh, I will give Tiago Martins, he, he has improved since he's been here. All right, He was really, really bad when he first came. Really he's our bad. our best center back. Like, the moment, really, yeah. really bad. He, he probably is our best center back at the moment, which is, like that's another like like what the fuck are we doing here um but he's not contri- he's, he's not contributing in in ways who uh, in ways that players who are getting paid a lot less than him are um Maxime Chenot had a couple goals for us last year one off of a insane shot from outside the 18 against who is that against uh Charlotte? Charlotte. Charlotte yep. Yeah. Um, and he's also sc- and in sc- this year. He scored a, a ridiculous volley.
1: Scored a volley against Nashville.
0: Yeah. yeah. So he he's contributing towards our offense, while also like I mean, he, okay, he had a really bad game against Red Bull, especially in the first half. She you knows passing was just atrocious. Um, but he has he has he has tangible statistical contributions to this team, and is getting paid so much less money than Tiago Martinez, who whose sole contribution is, is that he's really fast like it's not good enough man that can't be if we wanted just really fast players we, we'd go fucking sign um I don't like fucking uh who that, who's that uh winger that plays for that's, Kudos like, what Kudos no he plays in the MLS he's, he's a, a little guy he's just really fast it's like his only redeeming qualities he's really fast Emmanuel Boateng yeah yeah something like that just guys who are just really fast um, really rapid. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it just doesn't justify, it doesn't justify paying him that much. Um, so let me pull up real quick. At least,
1: at least he's, do, at least he's doing his job. Let's, yeah. let's give him
0: that. So here are the 2023 MLS salaries for the New York City football club. So Alexandru Matriza is still on a $1.3 million contract. When does his contract end? I don't or, even know. I feel how like, is Smith still on his payroll? I feel like they keep extending it, like and, and just don't announce it because I don't. I don't understand how how he hasn't been sold yet and how he's still like just getting perpetually loaned out. I feel like he's been on at least he's been on minimum three loans since he's actually left NYCFC, um, maybe even four. We've got Alfredo Morales on six hundred uh, and sixty thousand guaranteed. Which I mean that's that's a healthy number and but it's I mean he's a former US international. Granted, his form has dipped so far this year, he's not really playing up to that valuation. Um, but he was integral to the two thousand twenty-one run. He stepped in nicely for for Keaton Parks. Um we have Andres Jason. Andres Jason, who has no goals to his MLS account, and who's uh whose most glaring attribute is that he gets fouled? He is on a $125,000 contract. He's getting paid $125,000 to get fouled. Just, at the end of the I season, I'll have the numbers. I, yeah.
1: Uh, Alexandria Matrit, this contract does not expire until the end of 2024. So he will remain on our payroll for at least two more years.
0: Well, this season and one more season. So this is 23, and yeah.
1: 24. So <laughs> including this season, yeah. He's. He's on a payroll for the next year. And
0: watch him get a fucking watch him get a fucking raise, like from twenty three to twenty four. Watch it go from like one point three million to like one point five million. All this, we're paying him all this just to just for him to go fuck off to the Saudi League. Yeah. So I want to um. So Jason's base salary is one twenty five. His guaranteed compensation is is one forty, a little over one forty. At the end of the season, I want to I'm gonna do a calculation. I'm gonna do a math problem. I want to see how much we're paying him per uh, per foul uh, accrued. Just to see how much a foul is worth in MLS, because that's all he's good for is getting fouled. Um, next up, we have Brian Koufre, who is on a seven hundred and fifty-seven thousand dollar a year contract, which is more than Alfredo. And let's see what that compares to. So Brian Koufre is on seven fifty-seven, and let's see what Nico O'Toole is on, because that's who he's battling for a position with. Not Nick O'Toole, Kevin O'Toole. Nick O'Toole was the punter for West Virginia a couple years ago. <laughs> Kevin O'Toole. Um, Kevin O'Toole is on 85000 So we have we have Kevin O'Toole on 85000 and Brian Koufre on 757000 Huh. I wonder who the fuck should be starting every game. Brian Koufre. We're paying him almost a million dollars to play soccer. Meanwhile, we're paying Kevin O'Toole that of, like, an entry-level job in the United States to play left-back. I think that we should be starting Brian Cufre more often than we're starting Kevin O'Toole. Um, Christian McFarlane, who has yet to make a first-team appearance, is making hundred grand. Cody Musel, who has never made an appearance for NYCFC, is sitting at 85000 for our third-string goalkeeper. Gabi. Gabi is making 659000 which for those of you guys doing math at home. Oh, sorry. No, no, it's Gabby. Gabby. For those of you doing math at home, Brian Kufre is on a larger contract than Gabriel Pereira. Yes, you heard that right. Brian Kufre is on a larger contract than Gabriel Pereira. One player, is like a serviceable MLS fullback. The other player is on the borderline of being a breakout star. Probably not going to be in this league for that much longer if he keeps scoring these golosos and scoring at the at the clip that he's scoring at, which just I means he's not insane. He's not scoring at a crazy clip, but he's still probably one of our more, more our more productive, dangerous player. But yet, our left back from Spain is on a higher contract than him. Gabe Siegel, sixty seven thousand. That sounds about right. Jonathan Jimenez 68,000 Jonathan Shore almost 80,000 Justin Hack 165,000 165,000 for like a for like a backup midfielder that's that's a pretty big contract Um Keaton Keaton's on, Keaton's on 550 Five, 550 is that's a decent that's a decent contract um kevin o'toole we already said luis barraza one hundred and fifty-two thousand. now let's compare luis barraza to matt freese matt freese is on one hundred and eighty thousand. so ip- ipso facto if matt freese is making more than luis Barasa, shouldn't matt freese be the starter shouldn't you pay your starters more money than your backups and then we get down to Matthias Pellegrini. Matthias Pellegrini, $1.1 mm. million a season. He has not scored a goal for the club. He is now relegated to bench duty after getting a, a string of games started in which he did nothing. Pretty much nothing. Not even an assist. Not even an assist. He's getting paid 1.1. And this, for those of you guys who are still listening to this episode, even though it's been just me r- r- rambling off numbers, for those of you guys who keep listening at home. We signed Matias Pellegrini on waivers from Inter-Miami. At the end of last season, we then did not renew his contract. So his contract was null and void, whatever whatever his 2022 salary was. We then re-signed him and paid him more money than what we signed him for originally in 2022. So he's, he's making more money to have no contributions to the first team. Great work, David Lee.
1: Yet he's letting players go and struggling to find replacements for them.
0: Maxime Chano is actually on a very healthy contract, or a very good contract four hundred eighty three thousand. So he's on less than less than Parks four hundred eighty three thousand uh, guarantee compensation for for uh, Maxime chanot which is that's pretty good for someone who's been around here for so long. Um. Mietzia. Mitcha Alenic is on two hundred and ninety-five thousand. Now when we compare Mitcha to Tavon Gray. Tavon Gray is on thousand. Three hundred fifty thousand for Tavon Gray? That seems like a lot. That's a large a chunk. Homegrown. That's large chunk for a homegrown. Let's let's compare Tavon Gray to another homegrown. James Sands. Why isn't James Sands on here? Oh, he is. James Sands is on a little over a million. James Sands is on a little worth it to be honest. A little. Yeah, he's worth it. A little over a million, but then compare that to Tavon and Tavon is on 350,000, which still seems like a lot. Um, I mean, considering he's now the back, like you're bringing in Meechia and you're paying Micha almost 300000 So now you have two $300,000 value- valued um, right backs. It um, doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Um, after Meechia, oh, Max- Maximo Carrizo is on 111000 He hasn't made a 1st team appearance yet, but he's making 111000 Imagine being 16 years old and making $111,000 a year. Crazy. Yeah. That's like crazy money. I can't wrap my head around that. Yeah. Um, Nico Benalcazar, another player who has not made a first team appearance, is on sixty-eight thousand. Nicolas Acevedo, who's loaned out, is on two hundred and seventy-five thousand. Richie Ledesma, three hundred and ninety-six thousand. By the way, me and uh, on Monday, me and or I shouldn't say me, UK NYCFC and I, Barney, we went to the training facility because uh, Barney was invited by Nick Cushing to be a special guest at the training facility. He got to watch. He got to watch the team train. And he got to uh, sit in on the uh, on the Monday press press release from Luis Barraza and from Nick Cushing. I was not allowed in, so I had to stand out. I stood in. I stood on the grassy knoll in the shrubbery and, and watched over the over the gate. Um, but but Barney was allowed in, and he had a good time. Was, I was I was happy that I took him out there because he hadn't been out to the facility yet, so it was a once in a lifetime opportunity for him to. Uh, I don't think
1: I don't think I'll be ever allowed in a press conference with Cushing as our coach. No. <laughs>
0: Well, well, yeah, no, definitely, definitely not. Samuel Owusu, who has made limited appearances, is on sixty-seven thousand. Then we have the big money guys. We have Santiago Rodriguez is on one point three, which I, I think that's that's pretty good. Talis Magno is making one point one. Tati Castellanos is making one point one. Tiago Martins is making two point one. And then we have Tiago Andrade was making 219. Tony Alfaro is on 120,000. That's kind of a steal because that's a low, that's low. Um, AJ, oh, that might be a different team now. Yeah, that's fucking, that's the Red Bulls. Fuck them. Um, so, I mean, the only contracts that are questionable in there are the contracts of Tavon, which, which I mean, Tavon and Meechia are getting paid a lot to kind of Play the same position, so one only one of them can be on the field at a time. In reality, so you're you're, you're either paying you're paying the starter and the reserve player the same, the same amount essentially, but the only glaring number that I'm looking in there and I'm like, wow, like we're overpaying, is Tiago Martins at two point one million. That's I firmly believe that that's way too much money, uh, for getting essentially nothing tangible in return other than a above average div, uh, center back. Um. But uh. Oh, so then I guess the next thing we should talk about, um, which I alluded to before, is because this because this got released uh, today. Um, I immediately, once I saw that it got released, I went and decided to see w- uh, what the cost of treachery is. Um, how much? Here we go. How much it costs to uh, to essentially give a big middle finger to New York City Football Club and the fan base and say, peace, I'm out, I'm leaving. None other than Sean Johnson's new salary for Toronto FC for 2023. In 2022, Sean Johnson's guaranteed compensation was 550000 His guaranteed compensation for 2023 from Toronto FC is 683,000. So he got like $150,000, $130,000 uh, increase in salary. Now from what everything that I've heard we had offered him more money than 683 to stay in New York City and he turned it down. Which means that he took less money, it's finally confirmed, he took less money to go play for Toronto. Now, this comment is directly from none other than El Presidente, Andrew Tucker himself, president of the Third Rail. He believes that this will happen, that in this in this offseason, that Toronto will re-sign him for about $1.1 million and essentially... They will have skated by the rules of because um, when you're signing as a free agent, there's a there's a max deal like the, there's a maximum amount of money that you can offer a free agent to sign in MLS. So they offered him the max that they could that they could get for it, that they were allowed to give him, but it was a one I think it was a one year deal. So now they're going to resign him in the offseason for like exponentially more, which is a way of skating MLS rules. Which is a funny way of me saying that it's illegal. Like like Toronto can't do that. They can't they can't sign him to a max contract. Um a max contract for free agents and then the very and then at that very next off season um sign him to some insane like uh, increase his salary by four hundred thousand and pass that and, and uh pass that Tam that Tam D P threshold. Um so that's from Andrew Tucker himself in the in, in, in NYC supporters group because I did post in the, in the, in the supporters group that uh, the, the, the screenshots of uh, his 2022 compensation versus his 2023 compensation. And then we have some people in here that saying, oh, well, uh, I would do many things for $130,000 per year um, uh, money increase. Um, grab your bag of money. I ain't mad. It's not coming out of my pocket. Like these comments are like... It's not like he works a nine to five. If you if you work if you're just a regular old person and you work a nine to five and you all of a sudden you're getting a hundred and thirty thousand dollar raise, that's a big fucking deal, right? But if you're a professional athlete making a couple Life hundred thousand easy. dollars a year, like it's that, that's especially when you got you all you got already got offered that money. It's coming out now. We he that Tucker's saying and Tucker's very connected to the front office. He's saying that NYCFC offered Sean more than what toronto offered him they offered him a bigger raise and he chose to go with toronto because he's a fucking snake and he's a, a, a chip chaser and even with that chip chasing mentality look where he is now all right that did, uh, didn't did toronto lose to uh lose this weekend
1: yeah they lost to montreal 2-0 right 2-0 all
0: right so that that went that, that big win that he had against us a couple weeks ago there's just, they're just right back to losing again so I mean they're gonna stay in the, in the in the basement of the Eastern Conference for the time being. So where where did where did a where did a hundred thousand dollars get him? All right. Imagine if he was with us. I I think that our record would probably be a little bit better because I do, I do think that in the current form I think that Sean would would be better than what we have with Barraza right now. Um
1: he would save the goal that went in on Saturday.
0: Yeah, just because he's a pro's pro. He's been around for a while. He knows that he he would have been in a better position. He wouldn't have been that, that far off his line. and wouldn't have gotten like pseudo-chipped like what he like like what fucking Barraza did. Um uh, Sean, the one thing that Sean was good at was, was tipping ball, like getting fingers on balls and pushing them over the bar or around the bar out for a corner kick. Um yeah, so that was that was my source of angst and anger today was was going through and looking at the the compensation for for Sean Johnson and looking at the compensation for NYCFC players for 2023. Um but this is this this episode serves as a preview for the Orlando City match which we've definitely digressed from heavily. Um let's circle back and uh and give me your uh give me your predicted result against Orlando City away on Wednesday night. One goal loss. One goal loss, but what's the scoreline?
1: Either one nil or two two one. I want to be positive, but
0: I can't do it. All right. Well, let's. I apologize in advance. I didn't. Um, I didn't get a chance to do my usual deep dive research into this Orlando fixture. Um. For this match. Um. So I'm kind of just winging it. Um, so I'm, gonna, I'm going through now. What I want to see is I want to see Orlando's recent results to see what their goal scoring, uh, what their goal scoring form is like, because that's going to dictate what I think. Like uh, it, they came like, back from 2-0 down to the last game. But are they, are they scoring goals? Yeah, so they scored two goals. They didn't yeah. score a goal. Then they, oh, they got shut up back-to-back games. Shut up. And then two goals. Got dunked on 3-1. Um. While I look while while I look up uh, their stats, just a reminder that um, tomorrow, uh, so Wednesday night is we're recording on Tuesday. So tomorrow night, we will be hosting um, pregame Twitter Space, which will be starting at about six fifteen. Um, be, uh, pregame per- Twitter Space. We will be hosting halftime Twitter Space, which will be happening obviously at the during the fifteen minute halftime interval, and then we will be hosting. Um, we will be hosting uh, post-game in the uh, Discord server, um, in the post-game chat. So be sure to keep an eye out for that. And then we will be recording on Thursday to recap, um, to recap this Orlando fixture. Um, and then we have the weekend off because we do not have a match. So look in here, all clubs, Orlando, apply filters. Okay, so the leading goal scorer is Maguire. Duncan Maguire. Do we know anything about Duncan Maguire? Nope. Career stats. This is his first year playing in MLS. In eight games, he has four goals. So he's scored in 50%. He's technically scored in 50% of the matches he's played. Ngolo has two goals, Kara uh, has two goals. Ojeda, F- Facu has two goals. So their their goal scoring is only between one, two, three, four, five players, but it's spread around. Four goals, two goals, two goals, two goals, two goals. Um, assists. Um, Ojeda has three assists. Pereira has three assists. Antonio Carlos, their center back, has two assists. So when I think Orlando City, the players who I hate the most in, the, um, in this series for Mickey Mouse FC are Antonio Carlos, Pedro Galese, And Rodrigo Schlegel. Schlegel, for obvious reasons, for him, for the bullshit in 2020. Antonio Carlos just has a very punchable face, but but also he's always he's just a dirty player. He's just a prick, yeah. He, and whenever we play him, he's just he's just a prick. He's always getting in a scuffle or doing something or doing something. He's just a dick. Um, and then uh, I mean, obviously uh, uh, Pedro Galese is just because he's he's actually he's he's one of the better MLS goalkeepers. Um, so it's usually typically hard to score on him, but in this series we've done a pretty good job of scoring like almost two goals a game on him. So um I mean
1: you, how we we put up five on him for one time.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean so I mean when he has a bad day, he has a bad day. So that kind of uh that all of that affects my prediction. So Pedro is giving up almost two goals a game to NYCFC but uh, we we haven't we haven't beat Pedro Galassi at um, at his place. Um, the two wins. I don't think he was the goalkeeper there yet. I think it was still um, Bednick and maybe Donovan Ricketts um, before before uh, before he came. Um, so I am going to say I have a loss predicted, and I'm going to stick with that. It's just, now it's just about the score line. I think we lose I think we lose 2 to 1 2-1 one loss the goal for us I think is going to be scored by Santiago Rodriguez and the two goals for them I think are going to be scored by Facu Torres. I think Facu Torres will get one. And I think that... Cara. I think it's going to be Cara and Torres that get the goals against us. 2-1 loss. So, right now NYCFC are tied. No. Yeah, I think they're, they're t- NYCFC is tied for the longest losing streak all competitions in club history with four consecutive losses. If we lose against Orlando, I think it'll set a record for the most losses in, in, uh, in team history. And which manager is going to have his name attached to that? Nick Cushing. <coughs> Sorry. Nick fucking Cushing.
1: I said it before and I'll say it again. If he loses this game, he should even see Philly. He should just be fired after this. If he loses tomorrow, he should be fired. Simple as
0: that. So what Nick has come out in the in the in the media saying <clears throat> is that we have to have patience with this team, with this young team. <clears throat> he keeps attempting. <clears throat> he keeps attempting. PR. He keeps attempting to tell us that. This club is the youngest club in MLS when it's not, it's the Red Bulls. Um, and it's yeah, he just does this positive spin PR where he's telling us to have patience. He thinks that he, he thinks that we're playing well, but we just can't. It's the final, it's the final pass or the final product that's lacking. And I just, I mean, I don't fall for the bullshit. I don't fall for his bullshit. I think that he's just blowing smoke and trying to uh, uh, create an aura of positivity around this drowning, sinking, floundering club that is, it's like a fish with no air, no water right now, like it's, we're losing at an unprecedented rate. Um, and then we're, we're going to have people come back and say, oh, well, we've gone through stretches like this before where we've lost. Well, guess what? We've never lost this many matches before in a row. This ties the franchise record. If we lose another match, it'll be the unprecedented franchise record for most losses in a row. This isn't no longer like every other rut. This is a longer rut <coughs> than, we, than we've ever been in. We need a win desperately. Times are getting desperate. And yes, I, I realize it's May, and it sounds crazy saying that. But if you look at the schedule ahead, when when is it going to turn around? When? We have Orlando away, Philly at home. Philly at home is a, is a, is a high high a high pressure game. Tempers are flaring. We don't like them, they don't like us. We've had a lot of close games with them in the past. I mean, granted it's, I think it's at, it's at City Field, but like that game could go City, either we, way. They're we, they're not playing We we've,
1: we've lost we've lost the last 3 meetings against them.
0: They're not playing well right now, but neither are we. Um, then after that, it's Cincy. We just lost to Cincy. And on top of that, I guarantee you in that Cincy match, which is also home at, at, in that Cincy Bank match, Stadium. they're going to play a full strength team. Now I listened to blue city radio today and I heard them talk about the Cincy match and said, Oh, um, they play they played a pretty strong lineup. Uh, no, the fuck they didn't. All they started was Brandon Vasquez. They had Lucho Acosta come off the bench. They had Sergio Santos come off the bench. And Brenner is injured. That's their big four right there. And only one no, of them started the no, match. Brenner's gone. Brenner's gone. He's going to Italy. Well, he's gone, but he's he injured. Even... He, he's not. You think you, you think that Brenner's going to sit with his thumb up his ass for the next three two months until until the fucking fr- transfer market opens? No, he's going to no. he's going to play. He's just injured right now. That's why he didn't play. Um. So. That in that U.S. Open Cup match, all they started was Brandon Vasquez. And, uh, Dobby, can you re- can you remind me um, which what, what player for Cincinnati scored in the U.S. Open Cup match?
1: It was Brandon Vasquez. Brandon
0: Vasquez. The one player, the one dangerous player they had in the field that wasn't Lutro Costa, Brenner, or Sergio Santos, scored the fucking game-winning goal. So, no, they played a fucking—that was like a B-plus lineup with only one out of their four big, dangerous attacking players— and he scored a goal against us. And then Lucho came on as a sub, and so Sergio Santos. But don't 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 come, don't come at me with they started a strong lineup. No, no, the fuck they didn't. Their lineup was not strong. It was mediocre, and they still managed to fucking get a win against us. Don't get me started. So then after Cincy, we have the Revs at home, and I mean the Revs. We we have a. I mean that that's another battle. Like it's not going to be an easy match. We we tied them on on the road, but anytime you're playing against a team that has Carlos Gill, Carlos Heal, um coming to town it, it's going to be a battle he's just, he's carlos heel is just like lucho costa he's just like lucas el Ryan. he's a thorn in our ass and he finds ways to have good games against us then we have another uh, away game against rsl in the beginning of june and it, it that's a long away trip flying across the country um rsl is not in the greatest of form but it's like we we, we i don't think we i mean i haven't looked at some historically as well yeah we're poor against them then we're home against the crew. And whenever we're home against a crew, what's the first thing I think about? Zlatan. Ryan. Fucking. He find. He, he find. He doesn't score against anybody else all year, and then all of a sudden he plays. He plays against NYCFC, and he's fucking prime. Of course, two goals. Prime Beckham free kick taker. Like he's it just and it bounces the back of the net. Um. Then we're away in Atlanta. We don't do well down in Atlanta, playing on that playing on that plastic shit. And we just we uh, and, plastic uh, shit
1: again the next week. I mean, uh, like three days after that, going to Portland. Yeah,
0: plastic shit again at port. So we we no, we go from Atlanta, fly back home, then fly right to Portland, fly back home, fly up to Montreal. Like that's a three, that's another, that's a three game away trip. So like, this shit is like this shit is not easy. This is a hard schedule. Granted, the Timbers are like up and down Atlanta, but by, by that time I get um uh what what's his name is back in training. Uh Brad Guzan. Brad Guzan's back in training, so he might be. He might be ready to go for that match um, in the middle of in the middle of uh, in the middle of June, middle of end of June. Uh, Montreal is like the only game on here that I'm like, all right, we're gonna win that game, even though it's away. Montreal has been pretty shit, although they just beat fucking Toronto Tuesday. But
1: they've also been kind of shit.
0: But they've been kind of shit, but it's away. I mean, we we won there in the in the 2022 playoffs away, but that was a, uh, once again that was. NYCFC tends to play well when their back is up against a wall and they need to win to advance. So they played well up there. But also, that roster was completely different. They had Maximiliano, Maximiliano Morales um, who carried, were carrying the them through the playoffs. Maxi carried us through the playoffs because Talis Magno wasn't producing. Um, well, he was injured, to be fair. Talis? Yeah, for the playoffs. What?
1: He picked up an injury. What injury? For the playoffs. The shoulder injury. In Atlanta, I'm
0: sorry, but a shoulder injury doesn't affect your ability to kick a fucking soccer ball. I'm sorry. You can play with a bro- you can
1: go you can go you can go back and look at the tapes. I know Dallas was injured,
0: but you can play you can play soccer with a broken wrist, a broken arm, a bum shoulder. You, 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 you don't, the only thing with a, a hurt shoulder what what don't you do? You don't take fucking throwins, but it doesn't to kick a ball. It's not a problem. Like I, I, don't give me that shit that he had a, a bum shoulder. Plus, I mean, I think I'm pretty sure I'm I'm now remembering, recollecting the game which he hurt his shoulder. I'm pretty sure it was some soft shit, little fall on the ground, South American roll around. uh, Ouch, ouch, it hurts. Um, It's just, I mean, it was just him being, it's just him being tiny and frail and soft. Um, but, uh, But yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm really sick of fucking losing. I'm sick of this podcast's fucking aura and... Like just mood being like fuck this team we're losing this sucks this is not fun why am I like why am I uh, um, delegating my time to sit down for for ninety plus minutes to watch this team when they don't give a flying fuck and don't care to put an, uh, a put in a, a solid performance to score goals to win games um, and I also heard on Blue City today I think it was on Blue City I listened to two podcasts today um, that. Uh, they they compared us to Toronto last year, so Toronto had a, um, Toronto dug themselves in a deep fucking hole in the beginning of the season last year, um, just not getting results and just and falling further and further and further down the table, and then the and then the transfer window came and they signed Bernadesi, Insigne and Bernadesi, and Insigne, but the transfer window came too late, and they, they they didn't have enough time and weren't getting results quick enough after they came to the club to make the playoffs. So, for all of you guys out there saying, "Oh, we have time, we have time, we have time." We don't have that much time. We need to get a couple results here and there to hold us over until the transfer window so that we're not so far fucking behind that we physically can't at some point that we physically can't claw our way back into playoff contention because if we mark my words right now, what, what day is it? It's it's Tuesday, May 16, May 16th. 2023 at 10:05 p.m if we don't start getting results soon we are go- we are we are going to miss the playoffs in the first year of a revitalized and readjusted mls playoff system in which nine teams from each conference make the playoffs and if we don't start fucking winning games and and hold over until the transfer window when magically we're going to have so many reinforcements coming in july so many sure so many reinforcements If we don't fucking start winning games, we're going to be on the outside looking in of a nine-team fucking playoff system. That is embarrassing. Two years removed from an MLS Cup championship. That's fucking embarrassing. That's more embarrassing than 7-0. That's more embarrassing than losing to a goalkeeper who's really a fucking defender. That's more embarrassing than than Zelrayan being our daddy every time we play him because he scores these fucking banger free kicks. It's more embarrassing than all that shit. We cannot miss the playoffs in a nine-team fucking playoff system. We need to start fucking winning games, and if Nick Cushing doesn't turn this shit around and not only not only win almost every game that we play at a home stadium, meaning City and Yankee Stadium, he has to, has to. I'm going to say it a third time, has to get wins, not draws, not losses, wins. On the road. We are the final Eastern Conference team to not record a win on the road in 2023. It is fucking embarrassing. Don't tell me that it's roster mismanagement, it's David Lee's fault. Yes, I understand that. But as a soccer coach, you are required to make do with what you have. And currently, Nick Cushing is not making do, he is doing the opposite. He is abysmal. Figure it the fuck out. Get the players in the right positions. Do what you have to do to win games. Don't rotate players and fucking decide that every away game is going to be just to ship it off and like, ah, if we get a draw, we get a draw. We lose, we lose. No. Start winning your fucking road games or I will officially be on the relentless hashtag Cushing Out every episode saying Cushing Out. Get me a fucking win on the road. Tomorrow, uh, Wednesday against Orlando then come home and find a way to get some type of positive results against uh, against Philly, Cincy, and the Rebs and then prove to me that you can take this team on a West Coast away trip and get a result, a draw or a win against RSL All right, show me that you are capable of managing this club because so far since tati has left and dyla has left this club has been shit 10 wins in what was it 10 wins in 28 matches Com- combined all competitions or I'm,
1: 33 somewhere around there somewhere
0: around there that is fucking abysmal that's so bad that's so bad start winning it's not that hard I'm sure you're getting. I mean, I know what these players are getting paid, but your roster, you're fucking. Your your compensation didn't get released, Nick. How much are you getting paid to fucking lose four games in a row? Figure it out, man. Figure it the fuck out. Highway I'm robbery. Getting, I'm sick of this Highway shit. Highway robbery. Highway robbery. I'm sick of this shit. Figure it the fuck out, Nick. Figure it the fuck out. No more excuses. Excuses are like assholes, full of shit, and everybody has one. <laughs> Find a way to win on the road. Find a way. Will it to happen? Put the players out there who are willing to fight for the badge and willing to get a win by all means necessary. Find the correct formation that is going to get you results. Stop with the fucking excuses. Stop with the coach speak, the coach talk during your fucking press conferences. I don't want to hear any more excuses or reasons. Win. Win, 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 win. Fuck everything else. Win, 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 win. Win on the road, Nick. Show me you can win on the road. Because I'm sick and tired of this shit. I'm tired of talking. Davi, say something.
1: Fucking bullshit. Like, like come on. Like, you got you guys raised the level of expectation by winning that MLS Cup. And you guys knew that very well. You guys know that very well. I'm talking to front office players, coaches, staff, fans. Everybody knows that. As soon as you win that first trophy, we expect more. Like, no, no, no question about it. Oh, hands down, we expect more trophies. We... We won a trophy last year. That's because it's an exclusive, friendly game. Glorified friendly. Joe, is it's on record. He said it himself. It's a trophy that doesn't matter. We only won because we were at home. Had we played somewhere else, had we played in a neutral site or in Mexico, we would have lost. Straight. Sh- sh- don't even, don't even try to argue that. We would have lost, straight up. If we didn't play at, at Yankee Stadium, we would have lost. End of end of. There, there, there should be no debate, no what ifs. We would have lost. Simple as that. We would have lost Campeones Cup if it was on a neutral site, or if it's or if it was in Mexico. But no, we we had it at Yankee Stadium and we won. If Cushing does not get the sack after what would probably be tomorrow's loss, if Cushing does not get the sack, he is obligated to win every single home game. From now until the window opens, for no, you you fine. You can have a draw or two here and there, but do but you should be getting three points, seventy-five to ninety percent of the time at home, if you're Nick Cushing. If you lose this game, yes.
0: If we lose this game against Orlando and then come home against Philadelphia and don't either get a win or a draw, then. It like, it's it, it 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 will it will officially be time to it's time to move on like I, like that because that, I mean it, like if we lose this game and then lose Philly that becomes a six game losing streak like no other manager in MLS is gonna will have will have survived a six game losing streak I don't think like we like um who were the two managers that got sacked so it was Red Bull it was
1: Andrew, he- it was Andrew Hedrickson and Chicago. Uh, Gerhard Struber.
0: and Gerhard Struber got sacked at, uh, in May, um, just last week. And which
1: he, sh- he should have been sacked earlier. But yeah, we digress.
0: So if, if now, if Nick Cushing loses five, and then if he loses at home against Philly, I, I I seriously think it like it's like that's the time to time to go time to go, um,
1: swim back to Manchester or Liverpool. Where the the, fuck el- you're the only thing swim, though is you
0: here, here, you know what? Here is why it's not going to happen though because that Philly game is. That Philly game's on a Saturday, and then we turn we turn we turn, we turn on real quick and play Cincy on that. Uh, See, yeah, that. we play Cincy on that on that Wednesday, and then play the Revs that Saturday, and then RSL. That okay? So if they're gonna fire if if he doesn't get results in the next few games, they're gonna. I, I can tell you the exact time because it's too. Everything else is too close of a turnover rate. Like they're not gonna fire someone when they have like a game three days later. It's gonna be after the. Um, after the, week, England, after, right? after the New England game, yeah. After, okay. the, so it's Orlando, in which, Philly, in which by then Philly, Cincinnati,
1: yeah. And which, and which by then I think that's that's two, two, three weeks too late. He should have been gone. Yeah, two, but it's just two, it's, three it's, weeks. It's,
0: it's the way the schedule is that it's just too condensed. Yeah, they're not going to fire someone like on a Monday when we have a game on fucking Wednesday
1: it's because of League's Cup
0: that's that's why yeah everything's so condensed stupid tournament but if, if 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 these results don't go our way and we and we lose like Orlando lose Philly I mean since he's like since he's top of the table in the east like they're fucking hard the Rebs, New England. Rebs are the top NC of the New table England. yeah since he knew like if we if we drop like if he gets draws I think it'll be okay and at least if he's scoring if we're still getting if we're still getting fucking goose egged and getting clean sheeted by other teams that's an even that's an even bigger deal
1: I think if he loses tomorrow night by three, four goals, he's out. He's out the door. Like no, no questions yeah, if, asked. Yeah, if, 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 if you're gonna get if you get smacked by Orlando four, four, four nil, four five nil, get the fuck out. Like you, you don't, you don't deserve, like another hour. You don't deserve another. Like within that final whistle, you should be sacked. You should be sacked if we lose four nil tomorrow. He should be sacked.
0: Yeah. no question. And then trust. also, I mean, I mean, this isn't all on. I mean, it, the majority of it's on Cushing because Cushing is the manager, and he's the one who, he's the one who, who has player selection. He's the one who has tactics like that. That falls on him, all right. But I mean, I, I don't think that uh, I don't think David Lee should be devoid of criticism um, because he's now gone two transfer windows since Tati's left, and has done nothing to to replace him, um, and also. Uh, looking at looking at these roster numbers, a lot of these guys are on hefty contracts and are not producing, and that falls on him. He's the one who do, he's the, he does the brass tacks. He's the one who signed who who offers contracts and shit. That's him. Um, so I, I said it on the last I,
1: episode. I think if if I'm if if I'm a head coach and I step in like and I I'll sit down with Talos Magno. I'm like, listen, Talos, you you you're a highly talented, talented player. Very talented. You got you got an insane, you got an insane ceiling, a lot of potential. But if you don't start producing, I'm gonna have to let you go. I I, I would I would I would straight up just sit down, Talis Bagdo, and be like, you know what? If you're not producing, if you're gonna continue to be a little bitch, you, you can you can go back to Brazil. You can go wherever. We don't care. You can get out of here. We'll, we'll we'll get we'll get a new guy in with a better attitude and who will actually produce for this team, and would and. Wouldn't be such a little bitch whenever he doesn't get the ball after doing sixteen croquettes in a row, getting him absolutely nowhere on the pitch.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm at my wits' end with Telles Magno. Um It's becoming it's frustrating because we all know like the the potential he has. It's really frustrating. Well, it's becoming more and more apparent by every passing game that he and I was talking to I was talking with UK and with Barney about this. It's becoming more apparent that Tallis is a supporting supporting cast member in 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 a, in a football club like like NYCFC. He's not he's not suited to be the star. He's not he's not like we we can't expect him to be the next Tati. He doesn't possess the skill set to be the next Tati. He doesn't score. He's not a, a, a pure goal scorer. He's he's a supporting cast. He's like a um, he's a Brazilian Jesus Medina is what is how you need to look at him. Jesus Medina wasn't. The star of our team, Tati was, but Jesus Medina was the at least he produced when he had was a supporting cast member. But yes, so Jesus, uh, Jesus, sometimes, sometimes Jesus performed when when asked to, but for most, for the most part, he went through long stretches of goose egging goals and assists for like multiple games in a row. Um, but Talas is a supporting cast. When he was here with Tati, he he looked artificially better because he was surrounded by a player who had world class talent like Tati. But now he's being surrounded by Santiago, Santiago Rodriguez, who is a borderline good player. Um, I think he also has the uh, South American problem of dribbling too much and not being a creator and being a little bit selfish in his style of play.
1: There was one, there was one time in the Red Bull, in the Red Bull game where he was at the edge of the box and instead of shooting, he wanted to dribble past three guys.
0: Yeah, and then you have you have Talos in the Red Bull game who's driving down the left side and has Santiago Rodriguez and somebody else in the in the eighteen yard box who he could have slotted it to and they would have been able to tap the ball net. But Tolles instead decided to shoot. And uh, for those of you guys who didn't watch this particular shot, it looked like a U12 player passed, shot the ball. And it was, it, a slow, a it was a slow dribbler to the goalkeeper, um, which I don't, if the goalkeeper wasn't even there, I don't think it would have had enough pace to get in the goal. That's how slow it was kicked.
1: Um, it, it, it's being tackled off the line. I can tell you that.
0: Yeah. Um, so yeah, Talos is just not a star. He's a, he's a supporting cast member. But the problem is, is, he's a very well-paid supporting cast member. He's getting paid over million. Um, Gabi, a million dollars. But Gabi is someone who, depending upon the day, and ha- and, and, and like he could be a star. Um, but too often, he kind of disappears into the background and doesn't produce and plays, plays his way out of the starting lineup. But on Go- when Gabi's on, he's fucking on. Like he can he, the best player, hands he down. He can take that. Player. I mean, but he's the problem is he's predictable, right? He take yeah. he, ta- he uh, his first touch is always almost central centrally. Centru- he always wants to cut to the middle. So in- in- unless a player hasn't done the research on Gabi and knowing that he's a lefty and that he's gonna always cut to the middle, what I need to see from Gabi here in the coming weeks and months is I need to see him develop a right so that it makes the defenders more off balanced when defending him. So they don't always know. Oh, he's just he's, he's fucking going to the middle. Um, you have to, he has to enter into his repertoire that hey, I'm gonna drive, I'm gonna drive with my right foot, drive down the baseline, and hit a right footed pass hard to the back post, and hope that Talas isn't being a lazy fuck and is, gets there to tap the ball in. Didn't he hit it right? Didn't he hit a right footed pass to Santi in, the, in that Dallas game? Yes. Yeah, that was his assist to Santi was with his right foot. More, more of that,
1: more of that, Gabby. Yeah, Gabi. You, yeah. You Use that right. Get peg, more dude. of that. You never know what could happen.
0: All right. Um, Christian was unable to join us tonight. Um, he, he told us that maybe he would have a surprise visit. He was uh, he was too busy being wifed up by, um, by his girlfriend, um, watching some chick flick probably. Um, he will uh, rejoin us for our review episode on Thursday. Um, to review this match against Orlando City. Hopefully, it's a happy, exciting one because we won by a goal or two, or maybe even got a draw. Anything but a loss, please. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, Davi, final thoughts on uh, on New York City FC at Orlando City, aka Walt Disney FC, aka uh, Mickey Mouse FC, aka um, Lions, Purple People Eaters. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Final thoughts.
1: Cushing out, please.
0: Cushing out. You're fully up, you're fully on Cushing. the Cushing Out Ben? Are you are you the president I, and founder of the Cushing Out Train?
1: I'm the i I'm the CEO. I'm like I'm like what Brad Sims is. I'm the CEO and president of that of that foundation. So like just just like I, I, I am on the Cushing Train. I've been I think I've been on the Cushing Out Train since since the summer. You know, the 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 kind of the agenda kinda of went away when we started winning games, you know, but that's 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 how it is in the sport that's how it is in this business have you been but on then after that
0: have you been on Twitter today or yesterday
1: I uh, yeah yeah um did you
0: did you see what the, c- what the city boys had to say yeah
1: I look I, I I I said it I said it right there I think Cushing Cushing should be getting a lot more from the guys um see it's I if you think Cushing is the man you're a fool we've seen We've seen this man do nothing special outside of the playoff run, which he ironically shot himself in the foot. If this was a big club in Europe, he'd be fired. Simple as that. Literally, quite simple as that. If, if you're, if you're fighting for, say, like a Europa League spot or a Champions League spot, and you start off well and you lose five games in a row and you drop to mid-table or whatever, like, like you're on a short leash. You you're on a, you're on a short leash, like especially in Europe, like that's that's where they expect the most out of you as a manager. And I know the culture here in North America isn't where it is in Europe, since the game's just getting its feet wet here in North America. If this was Europe, he'd be fired, hundred percent. He 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 would go. Uh, this 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 if if he were to lose this game and he was in Europe, this would be the last straw. And if he were to lose, no matter. What the margin is? It could be one goal. It could be seven. It could be a hundred. He'd be fired after the match for losing one more game. He'd be fired in Europe, but yeah. because we're in MLS, uh, this is North America. We're just keeping him for the vibes because he's a vibes coach. That's all he is. Have you have you not seen his him talking to the talking to the players? It it just, it just seems like he's getting buddy buddy with them, and he he always has a fucking Heineken in his hand. Listen, like come on. The grow, grow grow a pair of balls and just say, like, we're not good enough on the day. Don't don't make it blatantly obvious like Mourinho, where you just constantly throw players under the bus. But it the the signs are there. He's lost the locker room. These players aren't playing for him. Something's wrong with the system. We need players badly. Poorly managed by the front office. If he loses this game, for me, he should be out. He fumbled the transfer window. Pretty badly, You could have gotten someone like an Enzo Capetti, and well, he ends up on Charlotte and scores two goals against us. Yeah. Just really quite simple as that. I I I'm, I've I've had it. I'm up to, I'm fed up with this guy. I I want him out of the club. I don't care. You you, you can get Rob Bertung and uh, Medhi or Cleverson. You can promote them to be the interim head coach. They they, they they'd they'd probably get this team playing better than than than. Cushing has, especially Cleverson, with the with the stature he's a World Cup champion. It's a world champion with Brazil. Do you think players like Talos Magno and Gabi Pereira would play like shit if Cleverson was a coach? No, because he's a world champion and he's from Brazil, so that immediately garners respect. That's that's my thoughts. But Cushing should have gotten a better better striker. He should he should have been more proactive in the transfer window, but. He just wasn't. I don't know what the fuck he was doing. What was he? Was he was he out celebrating the nil 0 draw he got against the United States at the World Cup? I don't know. But uh, that that's all I have to say. Cushing out if he loses.
0: All right. My final thoughts. I'm not quite on. I mean, I'm definitely. I have a I have a ticket purchased for the uh for the Cushing out train, but I haven't stepped on it yet. But if if we don't get this result against Orlando. And then we don't, and we followed up with not getting the expected results. We better come, we better come away with seven points in our, in our homestand against the Revs, Cincy, and, and Philly. If we don't come away with seven points, um, and then lose this game in Orlando, uh, then I, I think I'm going to be all aboard the, um, the cushing out train. I'll be the fucking conductor because life is just miserable when you're, when you're, when your favorite football club is, is not performing well, especially because we have such, um, raised expectations after our 2021 championship season um i um, I'm, I'm humbled by uh by uh people um in the discord or twitter or whatever um claiming that i should be the uh the, the new manager of, of new york city football club uh, unfortunately i do not possess the uh the coaching certification licensure re- uh, required to be a, a first team coach in mls um, nor your good
1: friend Gio might get the shot. No, <laughs> you n- never know. Nor
0: do I speak the appropriate languages to 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 handle um, um, all the players in the clubhouse. Um, I know that me and Nick Cushing speak the same language, but his is with a um, an accent, and um, and mine's with an American accent. But I do think that it is uh, it's a lot easier to coach your players if you speak their language, um, which is why I I um, I've been firmly in the camp that. Um, even before Cushing got named interim manager and then given the job, I think that we should have been, if we're going to commit to this South American influence with our players, I think that we should round out the, 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 the ideology and, and really commit to having a South American coach. Um, whether it's Spanish or Portuguese is up for debate because we do have some Spanish speaking players and we have some Portuguese speaking players. Um, but I do think that we should commit to, to having a, a Spanish coach, Hispanic coach. Um, and i um, I mean, Tata Martino. Uh, Tata Martino has a, has a has availability, right? He's not he's not linked. He's not coaching a club right now, right?
1: Ever since the ever since he left the Mexico job, he's been unemployed. Yeah, for I mean, all I know. He did,
0: and he did he did wonders with Miggy and and uh, and Joseph Martinez in sure. in Atlanta. So, um, and he led Atlanta to a uh, MLS Cup championship in what? their the the second season? Second season of existence. So, I mean, I wouldn't mind having him come in, but. But yeah, so we need we uh this uh, we're getting to even though it's May we're getting to a, a a juncture in the season where this 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 away match at Orlando is is getting into must win territory and if and if for some reason we don't get a favorable result against Orlando this home stand is like a must must come out it's, with it's, points. It's an obligu-
1: obligatory nine out of nine, nine out of nine, seven out to-
0: of nine. It's got to be. We need to start stacking wins because we're stacking losses like no one's business bare, bare um,
1: minimum seven you have to match the the last home stand seven points yep seven points are better
0: well I'd like to thank you guys for sticking with me and davi for an hour and almost 45 minutes um, it's much appreciated um just a quick announcement we have um, davi doesn't even know this yet because I didn't tell the guys yet but we have officially joined the podcast sticker game stickers arrived today they'll be made uh, they will be made available. At um at during the home stand at the Philly at the Philly match at the Revs match and at the Cincy match I'll be I'll be there with stickers if you want a sticker come up and get one. Um, You'll the, be at all three, right? Uh, I'll try to be. I mean, I haven't bought the tickets yet because I'm waiting for the prices to drop a little bit. That's the only oh, you, you, the, the you're only going benefit, to Philly, though, right? The only benefit, uh, the Philly match? You're going to the Philly game, right? I don't know. Yeah. Ha- I don't have tickets for Philly yet, but I mean, I'm gonna I'm probably gonna get them. I'm waiting for the waiting for okay. The, the I'll
1: almost I'll, I'll likely attend the Philly game since it's the first home game in a month um i mean hopefully if i mean if the pattern follows i mean if cushing's pattern is lose on the road and win at home then we 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 got some games to look forward to but
0: here's i'm gonna make this statement now if we say we win all three games at home philly cincy new england say we win straight up win three points nine points in all three of those matches just because we win three matches in a road i'm not gonna fucking forget about this five game losing streak or four, or potentially five game losing streak, four game losing streak absolutely, right now. Absolutely, um, it's not, not. just absolutely. gonna be, it's not just gonna be out of sight, out of mind. Everything's hunky dory, and we're now we're great because we won three games at home. Because it's still, if you look at our fucking record on MLS.com, we're still gonna have a big fat fucking zero in the win column for away matches. You have to win away matches if you're gonna be semi competitive in MLS. You have to win some away matches. You can't go nil for twelve away. You have to fucking get results away from home. So just if we win three matches it doesn't erase all the bullshit that you've been putting us through for the past four matches maybe potentially five tomorrow. You have to get away wins. You have to. There's no there's no navigating around it. You have to get away wins. Thank you for for tuning in to episode 31 of Beyond the Smokestacks. I am Coach Joe, joined by my co-host Davi, and as always, get a fucking win boys come on let's go get a fucking win but more importantly after this fucking disaster disaster of of a fucking uh Hudson River Derby New York is always will be motherfucking blue we out fuck New